I'm Jeffrey Jones, Director of Executive Education and Professional Development at UNC Charlotte. And this is Charlotte Business Buzz, connecting the Queen City's business community from the Belt College of Business at UNC Charlotte. This is Charlotte Business Buzz. The worldwide COVID-19 pandemic has impacted every business in big and small ways, but none more so than those owned and operated by families, typically building customer loyalty through generations. These cornerstones of American business were already experiencing challenges through large online retailers and are now faced with this new reality. In spite of those setbacks, there may be more resilience to those bloodline businesses than meets the eye. Joining us today is Dr. Torsten Piper, Associate Professor of Management in the Belt College of Business at UNC Charlotte. He's a founding editor of the Journal of Business Strategy and president of the International Family Enterprise Research Academy and has authored many articles on the subject of family businesses. In addition, he's working on a global research project to evaluate how these businesses are adapting to the ongoing pandemic. Dr. Piper, welcome to the program. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. Let's get started with getting clear about what we mean by family business. Can you define what a family business is and maybe share with us how they differ from other businesses that we might know? So there are several ways to to define what what a family business is. And one that we typically use in our practical work is family business is any business where, where one family or several families have effective control over the business but also where the business contributes to the family in terms of income, identity, or reputation. So you always have these two sides, a business where that is controlled where by one or several families, but also where the business contributes to the family in terms of income, identity, or reputation. And that can be a small mom-and-pop store, your, your dry cleaner, your local coffee shop. But it can also be fairly large businesses such as uh, Chick-fil-A or S.C. Johnson or Aldi from, from my home country in Germany that you see here quite a bit now too. Or right here in town, Hendrik Automotive. It's one, one of the largest uh, privately held companies uh, in the state, one of the biggest auto dealers in the nation. And very large public listed corporations like Ford and Walmart fit that definition because you have a family, the Fords and the Waltons, who effectively control the business and also where the business gives back to these uh, families, both in terms of financial but also then uh, non-financial wealth. There's research that is done over, over the years that shows that over a third of even the Fortune 500 companies are, are family controlled. They're everywhere across all sectors of the economy, contribute to, to well over half of the nation's gross domestic product, 60% or more of total US employment, 78 or 80% of all new jobs. So they are a significant, very important actors uh, in the economic landscape. And that is pretty much all across the world. So it's, it's a global phenomenon, so to say. Family businesses tend to outperform their non-family counterparts. They, they lay off fewer employees regardless of how they perform, um, which is interesting in itself. They also manage more sustainably. Some of our colleagues that have done research and they found that the family-owned businesses pollute the environment less. They so have very deep roots in their communities when it comes to innovation. They have lesser investments into innovation, but have higher outcomes. Right? So they, are, they seem to be more efficient in their use of resources. When you think about it, it, it just makes difference when your name is on the door. When it's your own, your extended family's money that you that you spent. 
that said, it's also in family business, not just about the money. That's another stark difference to uh, to non-family businesses. There are other non-financial aspects. We call them psychic rewards from owning and running a business, such as doing something that you're passionate about, building a legacy, working with the people that you love and uh, and and these things that are often far more important than financial rewards. So so those are just a few differences that we see set the family businesses apart from, from non-family businesses. It seems to me that successful family businesses are resilient. They seem to bounce back from adversity, whether that's online or corporate competitors or having to deal with recessions. What resilience tools um, might they be able to pull out of their toolbox to help them navigate this pandemic successfully? So family businesses are resilient because the families as groups are resilient. They have, they have a built-in cohesion. And by cohesion, we mean a, a sort of psychological glue that, that effectively ties your members to one another, but then also to, to the group. And this level of cohesion that, that families have is, is rarely matched by any other groups. Maybe you can take the U.S. Marine Corps or the Navy SEALs. They may come close in their level of cohesion, but that's pretty much it. Families just have this, this, this natural glue which, which binds them together. And then this cohesion enables families and the family businesses to tolerate stress far more easily than other groups. So you can look at it this way. When you are a member of a group and you feel like everyone in the group has your back, you can trust everyone. You're aligned in your in your vision and in your goals. Then you also feel like you can overcome challenges or whatever gets thrown in your way, and that's uh, that's a huge advantage for for getting through times of uh, of hardship. And and with cohesion, you also feel like you can recover from set, setbacks more easily, and you can make decisions and adjustments quickly. Because everybody is aligned. And this is particularly important in, when circumstances are constantly evolving as, as we experience it now. Now, if you don't have cohesion, then, then things tend to get much tougher. So whatever can be done then to, to reinforce this cohesion is helpful. For example, spending time together, communicating regularly, sharing stories of, of past crises that, uh, that your ancestors have, have mastered and, and so forth. What's interesting too is that it is almost paradoxical that the that the threat from the outside, such as such as the pandemic and that the crisis that it, that has brought about many businesses, that can also bring a family closer together because now little rifts are quickly forgotten when when more substantial things are are on the line, uh, such as the, the very survival of your of your livelihood. Another advantage that um, families also have, they have what we call patient capital. And right? so families, we know families are the are most important providers of startup and growth capital. And they often provide money and uh, sources of funding at a relatively low or often no cost at all. That's a huge benefit, but especially in, in times when cash is king. But then capital is also not, not only financial, it includes right, human capital, social capital, and also emotional capital in terms of emotional support and safety and the families are just amazing providers of, of all these things so that is definitely something that can pull you through a crisis and, um, and perhaps even make you come out of it stronger 
I noticed your research shows consumers have a higher level of trust and a preference for family businesses. Are you seeing this hold true during the pandemic? Yes, absolutely. Remember, remember what I said earlier about, about having families having high levels of, of cohesion. The interesting thing with that cohesion is that it is not limited to the family. It, it really permeates the, the entire organization and even transcends it to, to include customers, suppliers, and the very communities that, that family businesses serve. And uh, if you take good care of the community that you're part of, the community will take care, good care of you. And this creates benefits for, for everyone by enhancing trust and harmony and it boosts the morale and decreases your transaction costs. So all this taken together, it, it creates a sustainable ecosystem around these family businesses. And perhaps it's not surprising, some of the world's longest lived businesses that are out there are family businesses. Uh, so in my classes, when, when I teach, I usually challenge my students to go and give them, I give them this assignment and send them out and go find an, a business that is still operating today that is older than 200 years. And I tell them, here's $20. If you find a business older than 200 years, still operating today, that is not a family business, the $20 are yours. And you guessed it. I, I have yet to pay those $20. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it just has never, it just has never happened. So family influence brings an, an element of, of longevity to the organization that other companies simply have a hard time to match. You have a, you have a real good example right here in town, a Charlotte pipe and foundry. It was started by, by the Dowd family in 1901 and is currently owned and managed by, by the fourth generation. Or if you drive a, a little further out west, uh, you go to Saluda. Here in North Carolina, and there's uh, Thompson's uh, grocery store. It's the it's North Carolina's oldest grocery store, as a matter of fact, founded in 1890, and still owned and managed by descendants of the founders. There's there's a lot of continuity, also coming from family um, involvement in business, but also a good amount of humility, and both of those are, are helpful with. In dealing with uncertainty. Just come back to, to these two examples. Imagine what these companies have lived through in their history. Two world wars that didn't last months, that lasted years. Recessions, depression. So in the eyes of these companies, the current pandemic, it's, it's definitely tough, yes, but it may seem relative you know, compared to these events that brought years of just incredible suffering and deprivation to those companies and, and the families. and. It has forced them to, to shift supply chains, explore alternative distribution channels, look for alternative sources of funding, all the things that families and businesses are having to figure out these days. Um, and the fact that, that these and many, many older family businesses are, are still around today shows the crisis can be overcome successfully. And it, it makes you hopeful for the future, I'd say. So we have directed our, our research interest in thinking more toward the, the families behind the businesses. So yes, you have a family business, but then you also have a business families because, because families switch companies and even industries all the time. Take the Belk family, after whom our a college of business is named, or um, the Levine family, the, the founders of uh, family dollar stores. Both of these families have sold their, their department and retail stores several years ago, 
but they still remain very, very active in business and in many, many other philanthropic activities, of course. But the point is, some families perpetuate themselves in association with, with one business, but others change businesses and industries many, many times and then become family investors. And with the research that we, that we do, we, we try to understand kind of the, the relationships between the family and the business, what drives the success, what might be potential weak spots so that through our accumulated knowledge, um, we can provide families uh, in business with actionable insights and useful suggestions to become even better and, and longer lived. And in the college, we're, we're really fortunate to have some of the um, most talented researchers in, in family business really um, around the world, like Franz Kalab, Laura Stanley, Justin Webb. They all study family business and family entrepreneurship and are just uh, tremendously prolific um, in that field. So we together, we, we hope to contribute to, uh, to our knowledge and, um, and really help the families and the businesses become stronger and uh, longer lived. When we come back on Charlotte Business Buzz, Dr. Piper's research plans for studying the effects of COVID-19 on family businesses. Want to look into how the economy might affect your business? The Bearings UNC Charlotte Economic Forecast provides quarterly economic updates covering national and global economic issues. Since 1981, Dr. John Connaughton, forecast director and Belt College professor, has offered insights into employment, energy, trade, and government spending and their effects on the region's economy. Learn more at beltcollege.uncc.edu. Welcome back to Charlotte Business Buzz. I mentioned that you're working on a global research project to study the impact of COVID-19 on family businesses. Can you share more about this project and what you hope to learn? Yes, um, certainly. So while the pandemic has, has created huge uh, economic turmoil and it brought tremendous disruptions for, for families, businesses, um, employees and communities um, and great challenges, of course, that, that could last a lifetime, it also presents a unique opportunity to learn and improve knowledge about family business that can last generations. So together with uh, several colleagues from, from around the US, Europe, Latin America, Australia, we launched a global study to better understand how family businesses approach the challenges caused by COVID-19 and, and how they adapt to the evolving circumstances. And our aim with this study is to develop useful insights and actionable suggestions on strategies that work during this pandemic so that we can derive suggestions for future crises. Because from everything you, you hear and read, there's a strong likelihood that they will become more frequent going forward. So we launched the first wave of data collection a week or so ago and, and plan to do regular follow-up surveys so that we can track changes and trends over time and then better understand which actions lead to what outcomes. Are there certain sectors of family-run businesses that can withstand the economic effects of this pandemic better than others? It's a difference. Um, well, it, it depends, um, I would say. Of course, it's, it's a difference if, if you are a hairstylist who, who owns their own salon, does not have to pay rent and has little to, to no mortgage to pay. In that case, you can, you can close shop more or less easily and wait wait things out if you have responsibility for for several dozen or even hundreds and perhaps thousands of employees the the challenges increase ex exponentially so it may not be so much um, in an industry specific um, aspect 
because everybody has been hit hard and more a matter of of how your business is is set up from an organizational and financial point of view. I've noticed that uh, many family businesses have storefronts in the local community. How might they best adapt to keep their customers safe through social distancing and other measures? The, the, the challenges here may be similar for all businesses that are, that are out there. But the family businesses have, have one key advantage that, that helps them greatly because they are closer to their customers and because they can make decisions faster because they are aligned and have this natural cohesion, they can implement these decisions quicker and they are therefore more, more nimble. That enables them to, to experiment more. There's a researcher um, out there. His name is Vaughn Tan. He, he has a pretty interesting blog called The Uncertainty Mindset. And, and he says there's, there's no tried and tested playbook for responding to the corona, coronavirus. So what this means is that companies shouldn't wait for validated strategies and, and solutions to become available before they take action. That's too far down the road and very, very uncertain because things change all the time. Instead, companies should make lots of small, fast, low-cost, and yes, perhaps sometimes uncomfortable moves that enable them to explore, evaluate, and learn what works and what doesn't. And then you make adjustments, you test again, see what happens if it works great, if not change again, test again, and so forth. And the quicker you go through this cycle, the faster you learn and the better you can adjust your orientation and what you do to reality and give your customers what they want. And to borrow a quote of, uh, of John Boyd, who's, who's greatly influenced my and my, my colleagues' thinking, um, so John Boyd was a Maverick uh, fighter pilot and uh, strategy guru. And uh, he used to say, whoever can handle the quickest rate of change is the one who survives. And family influence enables you to, to do precisely that. You turn on a dime and to change quickly. And that's a huge advantage at any moment, but especially in times of uncertainty and crisis where there is no script. You don't know. Oftentimes you explore things and invent yourself from a new and that requires change. And that ability to change is very endemic to family businesses. If you had 30 seconds to give a pep talk to a family business in Charlotte, what would you say? I would tell them three things. Look to your values and, and past experiences for guidance. So think about what, what other challenges you have overcome in, in the past and, and remind yourself together you can wait, work your way through this. So that would be number one. Number two, lean into your strengths. Immense resilience and families have the ability to recover from challenges. So lean into your strengths would be number two. And number three, lead with intention. Um, respond rather than react. Because responding makes you, makes you slow down and work toward common goals. And also know what, what goals are important to have your priorities straight and what trade-offs you are willing to make to achieve these goals. That would be my advice briefly. Thanks so much for your time today, Torsten. Well, thank you for making the time and uh, thank you for asking such great questions. Dr. Torsten Piper is Associate Professor of Management in the Belt College of Business. To learn more about his research project, visit beltcollege.uncc.edu slash buzz, B-U-Z-Z. For more on UNC Charlotte's initiatives, 
for small and family-owned businesses in the Charlotte region, visit partnerships.uncc.edu. This is Charlotte Business Buzz, connecting Charlotte business through one-on-one interviews with UNC Charlotte faculty, staff, alumni, and industry partners, and is presented by the Belt College of Business, the Office of Industry and Government Partnerships, and produced in association with University Communications.